0: Hey guys, welcome to That Florida Feeling. How is everybody this week? hope it's been a good week. Um, It's still been a little up and down cool in Florida, but you know, I'm kind of liking this weather. It feels kind of nice. It's not balls hot yet. I know we're going to get enough of that in the summer. But it is sunny. Um, Happy Groundhog's Day. I did see that Poxitani Phil. I hope I said that right. I think that's how you say it. Did not see his shadow, so maybe we get an early spring. Um, I also saw a bunch of memes about how the, uh, St. Augustine Lighthouse, um, didn't see its shadow, so six more weeks of sunshine, and Publix didn't see its shadow, so 12 more months of fried chicken, so, you know, everybody's having fun with this day, um, but in Florida, there's a reason we're called the Sunshine State, so, um, but I hope everybody's doing good, um, thank you to everybody who has interacted with the Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and TikTok pages, um, YouTube's finally kind of coming along, finally getting the hang of it. I'm way better at those shorts than those videos, so it's probably just going to be a shorts page, and we're just going to go along with that, but thank you, guys. You're simply awesome. Um, Again, as always, thank you for making the podcast successful. I am thinking about doing merch. I did put a poll out there. Um, You know, I know when I say, when I put the depends, I know it depends on what it would be. I'm, I'm thinking, like, stickers cups, keychains, not shirts. Um, cause that's a whole like sizing issue. What color would you want? What size would you want? Would it be a tank top? Would it be a t-shirt? Would be... So I'm, I'm thinking like things, not clothes. Um, but I'll put another poll out there. Um, but yeah, you know, that's just something in the works for 2024. Today though, I'm going to talk about a part of Florida that I absolutely love. Um, it's a part of Florida that's close to my heart. It's the, really the part of Florida that It's the place that really welcomed me to Florida. Um, It's the parts that I got to call home first. um, And it's really one of the most beautiful. I think it's also one of the most overlooked. It's in the Panhandle. And I'm actually talking about uh, the Gulf Island National Seashore. Um, The Gulf Island National Seashore encompasses part of the Panhandle up towards, like, Pensacola, Navarre, Fort Walton. Beautiful area. And it is an American National Seashore. That preserves historic and natural areas. As well as resources along the Gulf of Mexico. For the barrier islands. As well as Mississippi. And originally Alabama was considered for inclusion. But officially they didn't make it. Poor Alabama. Um, But of course we're only talking about the Florida ones in this. Um, But the seashore was actually the 8th most visited park. Of the National Park Service in 2022. And there's a reason for it. Um. It's gorgeous. It's absolutely beautiful. Uh, I've been wanting to do this topic for a while, um, but I got sick, so I had to put it on hold. So this is the time we're going to talk about literally one of my favorite parks in Florida. Uh, I know it's not a state park. It is a national park, but it is amazing. It's full of history. It's full of just beautiful scenery. Um, I love it. So the protected regions in this area include both mainlands and parts of Seven Islands. The Florida District of the Seashore features offshore barrier islands that has beautiful white sands and absolutely crystal clear waters. Um, If you've ever been to the Panhandle, then you know that their beaches are literally like no other. The Perdido Key Historic District also preserves historic uh, parts such as shore batteries from World War I and II, as well as forts. Uh, The mainland features near Pensacola include... Uh, the Naval Live Oaks Reserve, or Reservation, uh, it's got beaches, it's got military forts, and it does have, actually, like, some forest areas. All the Florida areas, though, are accessible by cars. Um, they are on a barrier island, but it is, trust me, if you've been to the Panhandle, you've probably already driven on this barrier island and didn't realize it. Um, so you can get to all these by cars. It can be fun day trips. Um, the islands that are included in the National Seashore that are in Florida are Perdido Key and Santa Rosa Island. Uh, those names probably do sound familiar to you. Now, the National Seashore was actually authorized on January 8th, 1971, and it is overseen by the National Park Service. The wilderness areas were designated on November 10th, 1978, so a couple years later. Now, Santa Rosa Island um, has a really weird history about this, but... Um, It was previously protected as a national monument. Like, it wasn't always a park, but it was a monument from 1939 to 1946 um, before they decided to make it a national seashore. They knew they wanted to protect it. They just didn't know how to classify it before officially creating this seashore. Now, Florida has six distinct areas that are set aside for day use in the seashore. The Johnson uh, Beach on Perdido Key... Bart Barnett, Barn. I've never been able to say this one. Barankis uh, area on the Naval Air Station in Pensacola, Fort Pickens on the East Pensacola Beach side, uh, Gulf Breeze area on Gulf Breeze, Santa Rosa Island on West Pensacola Beach and Okaloosa Island near Fort Walton Beach. Uh, most of these will probably sound familiar to you if you've been to the Panhandle. Uh, some of these also might sound familiar to you if you listen to other of my podcast episodes. Santa Rosa Island is a barrier island that is included on the seashore, um, but it's also home to Pensacola Beach, Navarre Beach, and Okaloosa Island. Those are all located on the island. So, if you've ever been to Navarre Beach, this is the beach I'm talking about. If you've been to Pensacola Beach, same thing. It's that beautiful, beautiful beach. Now, Santa Rosa Island was originally explored by the Spanish probably around somewhere in 1519. Um, they explored it, but it wasn't quite settled by the Spanish until about 1559. So, some 40 years later. Um, and, of course, yes, 1559 is a few years before St. Augustine. Uh, Tristan de Luna had come from Veracruz to set up a new settlement, and they settled in this area. And it really only lasted until 1561, uh, when the lack of uh, supplies and storms, lots of storms, hurricanes, uh, drove them from the area. And they tried to resettle. And this is why they say that usually say, people say Pensacola was settled first. Because uh, they did try the area before San Augustine, but um, it was pretty much inhospitable between the storms and the supplies and the lack of just, it was bad and the, the natives didn't want them there. Um, they just pretty much left. They didn't even really try again uh, until the Spanish got the area back from the French in 1722. And then they tried again on the island uh, in November of 1722, the colony of Presido Isla de Santa Rosa was settled, but then it was hit again by Hurricane in 1741 and again in 1752. And they said, screw this, we're going to go across the bay, resulting in what is now Pensacola. So, they did officially try the island first and moved to Pensacola. Now, Fort Pickens also built on the island, um, and that's where the Union soldiers were during the Civil War. Now, Florida was Confederate at that time, um, and Confederates wanted the Union out of Florida. They wanted them out of this part. Well, they holed up in Fort Pickens, and the Battle of Santa Rosa actually took place at Fort Pickens on October 9, 1861. The Confederates made a failed attempt to take the fort, and the Union actually officially held it for most of the war. Now, Santa Rosa Island, uh, was eventually sold to Escambia County, Florida in 1929, and the county eventually gave the island back to the federal government with the understanding that they would preserve it. They wanted to preserve Fort Pickens. They wanted to turn it into a natural monument. Um, so they knew that it was something that they wanted people to see, you know, for a long time. So it was held onto, and the fort and other uh, parts are now officially part of the Gulf Island National Seashore um really cool turn of events in history uh 2008-2009 a sunken spanish ship was actually located and excavated offshore of the area and the findings confirmed the reports of the tristan de luna expedition so um they were actually able to officially confirm that he was in the area and that he did try to settle the island back in the 1500s so that's kind of cool now, of course, I did say there are two islands. The other one is Perdido Key. Perdido Key is beautiful. If you've ever gotten to go, you know what I'm talking about. Um, it is the other Florida island that is part of the national, the Gulf Island National Seashore. Um, the key is 15 miles long. It is a barrier island that extends from Pensacola Pass to Perdido Pass. So basically, it kind of goes over to Alabama. Um, Perdido Key is pretty much inhospitable before like modern times. Uh, it also shows a lot of previous hurricane damage, so there's not much previous human settlements. Like, it doesn't show that people tried to live there. The island doesn't have any sources of fresh water. There's no land food sources, and there's no land for agriculture. So nobody really tried to settle here. Uh, the Spanish also really never tried to settle on the land uh, prior to giving it to the U.S. in 1821. I mean, they knew it was just kind of a strip of sand. Uh, now, Fort McRae... Is on the eastern end of the island, and it was uh, started construction on it in 1831. And the fort was meant to be part of defenses for the Pensacola Bay, Um, and it did stand. It was damaged in the Civil War, and unfortunately, was abandoned after the Civil War. And the fort was just kind of lost to time. Um, They kind of just let it go. By the early 1890s, all but one of the archways had kind of fallen into the water, and now. The site of the fort is believed to be in the channel in the middle of Pensacola Pass. So, um, you can still take, like, uh, you can still, like, kayak and stuff around that area and you could possibly see it, but you're not going to go, like, visit where Fort McRae was. It's underwater now. And, of course, due to different hurricanes shifting the waterways, um... It's probably been underwater for quite a while. Now, 1898 brought construction of two coastal artillery installations, the Battery Center and the Battery Slimmer. Yes, they're two different ones, Center and Slimmer, at Fort Mac- where Fort McRae would have been. Um, and they were to the west of the mid 19th century fort on Foster's Bank. Um, so there's actually been a lot of installations on Perdido Key. Um, the batteries were also defenses for, for Pensacola Bay. Um, and that included also Fort Pickens and Fort Bardacus. Uh, and you can actually see the ruins of these batteries on Perdido Key Historic District. There's actually quite a few of them. Now on Perdido Key, there's a beautiful beach. The Rosamond-Johnson Beach is also on Perdido Key. Uh, the beach has some amazing facilities. There's lots of parking, pavilions, uh, restrooms, water fountains, and showers. Um, and you can literally park and walk right onto the beach. It's a perfect place to hang out. And... It's also the perfect place to sometimes see the Blue Angels practice. Uh, I can attest to this as I did see this a few times. They do practice in that area out of Pensacola near the Naval Station. And you can just see them fly out of there. Um, And it's really cool. You'll just be relaxing and then there they go. And here they come. And I mean, that's actually the really cool thing about that whole area on the Gulf Island National Seashore. Um, And I'll talk to you about a couple other places that you can go and just sit and relax. But... You really never know what you're going to see. I mean, sometimes you're going to see random pirate ships go by. Sometimes you're going to see boat races. Sometimes you're going to see blue angels. Sometimes you're going to see naval ships. Sometimes you're going to see wildlife. Plenty of Florida man. You know, this is a really interesting area. Um, Perdido Key also has a small boat launch that you can launch your kayak or paddleboard from for access to the historical points. Of course, Some points are not, um, you can't go to, like, you can't, like, paddle all the way up to the forts. Those waters are off-limits. Um, you cannot take a boat launch, like, you can't do a trailer boat launch off of Perdido Key. It's not big enough. Um, now, each of these six-day different areas, they do offer different things, depending on what you're looking for in the National Seashore. Um, I don't know why I wrote this so many times knowing I'm going to have to say it Fort, fort Barnac for Barnacus is full of history with trails and amazing views and history. Um, the fort is undergoing a little bit of, uh, it, I don't know if it's undergoing from hurricane damage or if it's just dealing with like revamping, but it's closed until May, 2024. So a couple more months you can visit in 2024, but you can still go over there, but you just can't visit the fort. Um, But when you do, you go and you make an entire day of it. You can learn the fort's involvement in the Civil War, the defenses the fort has, how it was built, and why the dry ditch is such a unique feature to the fort. And this is really a very cool part of history. Uh, I definitely recommend going once. It does have a visitor center where you can learn more in-depth history. They also have a self-guided tour as well as a little trail. Fort Pickens is another fort to go for uh, history learn about the fort, learn about the area. They have a really cool discovery center where you can collect passport stamps, talk to rangers, view exhibits. They have a film about the park. You can buy souvenirs. They also have a really cool life-saving station. So life-saving stations were built um, probably, what, 1800s? And it's one of the more iconic buildings in the National Seashore. This building was originally built as the Santa Rosa Island Life-Saving Station. And it was one of the two uh, very first life-saving stations in Florida. This one was actually home to the life-saving service, so this is their home base. The original structure was a two-story building topped with an enclosed lookout tower with windows on all sides. The keeper, keeper's family and the crew all lived on the second story. Now, the building had to be rebuilt in 1907, and then it became eventually a Coast Guard Station 212. The old life-saving station became part of the Gulf Island National Seashore and is now A ranger station and campground registration for Fort Pickens. Um, Fort Pickens also has the Langdon Beach Pavilion, which is the only beach pavilion in Fort Pickens. Uh, The pavilion is literally on the Gulf of Mexico and has bathrooms, showers, drinking fountains. And the Fort Pickens tram service stops at the pavilion, so you can always ride the tram to the pavilion and then go right back to where your car is. They also have the Battery Worth picnic area. Um, It's a perfect place to picnic on the grounds. It's a little more shaded. Um... And, you know, it's got access to the Florida National Scenic Trail, so you can walk around. Um, you see the batteries, the different batteries. It's got restrooms and drinking water. Um, the Fort Pickens batteries and other structures all over the drive around the Fort Pickens area. You can see them through the walking trails or as you, you know, you're driving in or on the tram. Um, you know, you can learn really a lot about Fort Pickens. You can learn about the history. Um, it doesn't have... I'll I'll be honest, it doesn't have the greatest history. It was built on slave labor. Uh, It was also a place on the uh, Underground Railroad, which I find to be really interesting. Um, But the fort wasn't always a happy place. It was also used during the Civil War and the Apache Wars. Prisoners of war were held here, much like uh, Geronimo. And other Apaches were held until the fort became outdated. Uh, Now, Fort Pickens does require an interest fee, but it is open year-round from 8 to sunset. They do not take cash. They do not have any kind of concessions either, so you must bring your own food. You can, however, bring your furry friends, just not to the beach. But you can camp at Fort Pickens, so it's kind of cool because you can spend all day and then, you know, camp overnight. They have uh, campgrounds for hookups or tent sites. You can rent a site for up to 14 days. They do have a website for it, so if you go to the site for Fort Pickens, it'll link you to where you can reserve a campground. The Naval Live Oaks area on the Gulf Islands is actually probably one of the most different from all the other sites. Um, it's actually a wooded area. Looks more like a forest than a beach. Um, it's really not like the rest of it. Uh, the Live Oaks features over seven and a half miles of hiking trails. They also have a group campsite that you can rent. Um, it's like a youth group campsite available for reservation that has access to Pensacola Bay. It's got showers, picnic shelters, restrooms. Perfect for like youth groups or. Um, School groups and things like that. Um, but it does have over seven and a half miles of hiking trails for anybody who just wants to go hiking. It's a really cool area. I never actually got to go to this one, um, but I do, I do know about it. And I do know a lot of people that went to it. And it's supposed to be really nice. Um, the Okaloosa day use area is located between Destinate for Walton Beach. All right. Now, when I read about this one on the, um, the website for the National Seashore, I laughed. Okay, because in one of its sentences, it says, it's usually less crowded. That is not true. Um, Okaloosa Island day use is between Destin and Fort Walton. Okay, it is, it's crowded. Like, I'll be honest. I mean, most people don't realize this is part of the National Seashore. um, But it's it's crowded. I lived in Navarre and I lived in Fort Walton. And I can tell you that if you were on Okaloosa Island, it was probably crowded. uh, Because it's It's there. A lot more things are near this one. And while, yeah, the beach is really nice here, um, there's a lot more things to do around it. So it was not always empty. And honestly, there's always more seagrass over beside it. Um, You can find a boat launch, uh, but it's... There there was always more people at this one because it was right off the highway. There was more hotels nearby. Um, So... Yeah, it's part of the seashore. Yes, the beaches are beautiful. But yes, this is probably one of the more crowded spots. My favorite are the ones I'm about to tell you about. The Santa Rosa area has um, the Opal Beach Complex or just random areas off Highway 399. The beach access off Highway 399 or Gulf Boulevard or J. Earl Bowden Way. It really depends on which way you're coming from or however you know it. I used to come over the causeway in Navarre, and it's Gulf Boulevard, Um, and you would just drive. You'd go past Navarre Beach, and you'd go straight, and you'd go through the gates, and that is the Gulf Island National Seashore, and it's open 24 hours a day. There's no interest fees, and they're just public beach access, and these are probably some of the most beautiful places I've ever been to. Now, they are just a parking lot and a beach and a trash can. Um, There's no bathrooms. You may or may not see another human being, but it's absolutely worth it. Stay off the dunes, but these are some of the... I've been to the Caribbean, and I will tell you that these beaches rival that. They are beautiful white quartz sand. The ocean is blue-green, clear. You got to see some awesome marine life. You could snorkel. You could see the bottom. And you might or may not see another human being. You could see the sunrise. You could see the sunset. You know, come out at night and see all the little crabs walking around. Um, these are the beach accesses that I would go to. Now, they did get a little crowded from like maybe March to August. Um, but I remember going many days, and me and my husband would never even encounter another human being. We used to go play soccer on the beach, and we didn't encounter anybody. Um, and literally, if you're on that, if you're on beach golf. Boulevard or Highway 399 whatever you know it is you can drive from Navarre to Pensacola on this highway and it's that highway and there's many many beach accesses um not a lot else going on but yeah once you get past the houses in Navarre that's the Gulf Island National Seashore and it's absolutely gorgeous you can also go to the beach Opal the Opal Beach complex off Highway 399 it does require an interest fee but they do have of course parking restrooms pavilions and showers That beach is also absolutely just as gorgeous. I recommend it as well. But I like free. I also like less people. So I'm going to tell you the ones that nobody was at. So those were mine. But, of course, pack your own food. um, Leave nothing behind but your feet prints. You know, and have fun. Also wear sunscreen. I got burnt in like 15 minutes. (laughs) The Gulf Island National Seashore is absolutely a beautiful place, guys. I can't talk about it enough. Um, the beaches are amazing. They're beautiful. They're white sand, crystal clear, blue green waters. Um, you'll see a variety of wildlife. Sunrises, sunsets, make some amazing memories. Um, and of course, the area is in the Panhandle, so it does get cold in the winter. Um, actually, when we lived there, we had an ice storm in twenty fourteen. So it does it does get cold. So you know, but it also does. Heat up quicker than, you know, some other parts of the country. So it does get busy during spring break and it stays pretty busy during the summer. So after Labor Day, I can say it pretty much dies out until the snowbirds come. But then it's still kind of cold. So honestly, I would say September, October is probably your best bet to visit. Honestly. And then maybe like end of February. Those would be the times I would say really hit up this part of the, the panhandle. Um, You can have fun. You'll find some amazing seafood there, uh, really cool places to visit, and you'll probably see Florida Man. So today's Florida Man does come to us from that area. It comes from Pensacola. The headline reads, Pensacola man arrested for barging into homes seeking someone to fight him. Drunken shirtless man allegedly barged into several homes looking for a fight before running into a fence and knocking himself out. Drink in moderation, y'all. Messes you up. Thank you for listening today, guys. I hope you have heard about another amazing place in the Sunshine State that you can't wait to check out. Don't forget to check out the social media pages. As always, guys, I'm interested in topics. If you want to hear something, reach out to me on any of the social media pages. Or you can email me at thatfloridafeel at gmail.com. I'm always interested in hearing your topics, guys. I do have in the works a couple different people that I'm trying to get on here. Um, yeah, hopefully 2024 is going to be a great year for all of us, especially the podcast. Um, but yeah, don't forget to be nice to one another, drink your water, wear your sunscreen, bundle up it if it's cold. And as always guys, that's your daily dose of sunshine.